but that was about a year in my business. I spent three months preparing for this, working on it. I had a marketing team. I was working 80 hours a week leading up to it. I had brought in guest speakers and gotten sponsors for the event. Um, like for me, it was a really big deal and a really big way to be seen. And, and so the day of the event came, I was kind of the MC and also I was, you know, leading one of like different workshops throughout it. And then I had my guest speakers and everything. And I was hearing all this fabulous feedback. We had over 60 people in the room. So it felt like a huge success just in turnout and energy. And, and I got such great feedback about the tra like transformations and little aha moments and everything that was happening. And then at the end of the day, I, I go over to the clipboard in the back of the room that I had set out for people to sign up to talk about potentially working together with me. And there was zero names on it. And then one of my speaker come, speakers comes running over and she has a clipboard and it has 10 names on it, signing up for her. And, and I think that that was a moment that just felt like I just felt completely deflated of all this energy, all this work that went into this event and then feeling like, oh, I guess it really isn't a business <laughs> because to have a business, you have to have clients. And, and I just felt really discouraged at that point. And I had a sense that there was something that was missing from what I was doing, that there was like some little piece that I, like a puzzle piece almost that I hadn't put in place. Welcome to the Lifestyle Edit Podcast, a show about creative female entrepreneurs and the businesses they've built. I'm your host, Naomi Mdudu, the Lifestyle Edit founder, business strategist, and coach to creative female founders ready to scale their businesses with intention. Each week, I sit down with a guest to pull back the curtain on the strategies successful entrepreneurs are implementing to scale their income and increase their impact. We are cutting out the fluff to give you weekly insights to uplevel your mindset and tap into your infinite potential to create a life and business you love on your own terms. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Now let's begin. Adria, welcome to the Lifestyle Edit podcast. Oh, I'm so, so happy that I'm here today. Thank you for having me. I am so happy that you are here. Seriously, I kind of have been on a rabbit hole, like binging your content from your blog <laughs> to your website. So much of it has really spoken to me from the work that you do with your clients about really niching down on who they are so they can show up as the most authentic versions of themselves and then ultimately call in their tribe. And then the conversations that you've been having on your platforms, but also in the writing that you do and the talks that you give about how we can live more kind of balanced lives as entrepreneurs, if balance is even a thing. Um, so I'm really excited to be able to kind of delve deeper into that in today's conversation but let's just kick start by can you just telling us tell everybody a little bit more about your background and how you've kind of come um, to do what you do today yes so uh, that's a great starting question because as so many of us as entrepreneurs know it was not a straight arrow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that, that evolution is probably the most constant thing. And for me, coming to entrepreneurship and coming to where I am at right now in my business, 
has brought me through. Um, originally, my first degree was in architecture, and and then while I was doing that work, I kind of had this feeling. I was out in the world, you know, working at different firms, and and I started getting more passionate on the side um, about plants and ecology and botany, and ended up going for my master's and shifting into different career focus, which was plant ecology and natural resources and did that for a lot of years. (laughs) And then I had that same feeling where I started being pulled in another direction. And um, I was very entrepreneurial in my position. Um, I was working with the the government, um, the Division of Forestry. And I was kind of in charge of natural resources for my region. So I didn't really have a ton of oversight. And so I was starting to get to play with with this whole, you know, creating my own projects, being able to direct where things went, being the face of the agency in my region and kind of representing the brand, I guess, if you will. And I still didn't quite feel like I had, like it was, I didn't feel completely fulfilled, I guess would be the right word. Like I still felt like there was some other way that I really needed to express myself. And so I started writing a blog on the side. And and some people, when they say, oh, I started as a blogger and I didn't mean for it to turn into a business, that wasn't the case for me. I, I was listening to a lot of business podcasts. I was getting really passionate about the this idea of business and, and of being able to shape something and, and have you be the whole, you know, the whole thing that it's all, you know, you're, you're calling all of the shots and there's a lot of responsibility as well as a lot of freedom. And so I was really into that idea. And, but I was starting this thing on the side, having no entrepreneur background. My parents were both in government as well. Uh, So I didn't really have role models for what that looked like it seemed actually a little bit crazy to me entrepreneurship and it just was not a natural thing but i was really interested and intrigued and called towards it and so eventually i was just so much more passionate about that i blame it on the podcasts <laughs> <laughs> that i that i just took the leap probably prematurely like definitely prematurely um left my stable government career <laughs> and and wanted to just make a full time go at it um, doing this entrepreneurship thing and, and, um, jumped in kind of with both feet. And, and since then it's been this huge evolution of what I actually do as a business owner and, you know, what, what I'm helping people with, what I talk about, my messaging, like all these different things, um, have really evolved. And I love that you've been really candid on your blog and on your own platforms about the pivots that you've had in your business and your offer, because I think, and I think it's one of those things that, you know, in hindsight, when you first start, you feel like you're wedded to the, the kind of setup of your business as it was when you started. But as anyone who's been in business for a while knows, it's all about those pivots and kind of you know, seeing what things work, testing, getting that feedback, but also, you know, one of the many reasons why we, many of us started our businesses was because we wanted it to be more in alignment with where we are at currently. So as we're evolving, our business and our positioning and our offer also evolve. So can you walk me through some of the transitions that you've had? 
from where you are now. Yes. <laughs> it's so true. So true that all of this is really when it comes down to it, it's all about alignment. And when I started out in, in my first iteration of my business, I, for that first year, like I, like I mentioned, it's kind of like I started as a blogger, but I really wanted to be a business. And I had been listening to a lot of advice that was saying to just produce a bunch of content, put a lot of things out there, get seen, get known, and then the money will follow. And so for the first year, I was doing just that. I wrote over 100 blog posts. I published a cookbook. I decided that I was going to produce this half-day event. And that event kind of, not half day, it was a whole day, but a one day event. Um, that event kind of became the catalyst for a shift that I would make in my business a couple or maybe even three years down the road from that point. But that was about a year in my business. I spent three months preparing for this, working on it. I had a marketing team I was working 80 hours a week leading up to it. I had brought in guest speakers and gotten sponsors for the event. Um, like for me, it was a really big deal and a really big way to be seen. And, and so the day of the event came, I was kind of the MC, and also I was, you know, leading one of like different workshops throughout it. And then I had my guest speakers and everything. And I was hearing all this fabulous feedback. We had over 60 people in the room. So it felt like a huge success just in turnout and energy. And, and I got such great feedback about the tra like transformations and little aha moments and everything that was happening. And then at the end of the day, I, I go over to the clipboard in the back of the room that I had set out for people to sign up to talk about potentially working together with me. And there was zero names on it. And then one of my speaker come, speakers comes running over and she has a clipboard and it has 10 names on it, signing up for her. And, and I think that that was a moment that just felt like I just felt completely deflated of all this energy, all this work that went into this event. And then feeling like, oh, I guess it really isn't a business <laughs> because to have a business, you have to have clients. And, and I just felt really discouraged at that point. And I had a sense that there was something that was missing from what I was doing, that there was like some little piece that I, like a puzzle piece almost that I hadn't put in place. And it took several months until I hired my first business coach. And then she had me kind of step back and work on my messaging that it kind of locked into place for me. Like, okay, that's what I hadn't had. That's what the difference between me and that other coach had been is that she was really clear on what it was she did, how she communicated the value in it, um, painting the picture for these people of what it would look like to work with her. Like this whole bundle of what I think about as messaging and what I now do with my clients it was really clear for her and I just didn't have that. I hadn't even known that it was something that I needed. I, I just figured, okay, I'm just going to keep talking about things and putting out content. I don't need to really have a thread that ties it all together <laughs> or really have a clear way of saying what the value of my work is or any of that stuff. And, and so at that point, that's when I started to really get clear on that for myself. So at the time I, I ended up, um, pivoting, I guess, like I was sort of an overall wellness 
person, <laughs> wellness expert, I guess, um, up to that point. And then I ended up kind of getting really clear on who I wanted to work with and getting super solid and okay, I need to niche down. I need to know who my people are. I need to know how to speak to them. Um, so I decided like, I was really passionate about business and business owners and especially female entrepreneurs. So I decided I was going to support female entrepreneurs. And this is something you and I share, um, around like healthy lifestyle and wellness and taking care of themselves to take care of their business. And so that is when my messaging really came into play, when I really got clear on, okay, these are the people I want to help, and this is what I want to help them do, and I'm so passionate. And that's when out of that came my TEDx talk, which is how food fuels hustle. My first iteration of my podcast started at that time. It was Feed Your Hustle. And this whole kind of um, core messaging and everything I was saying and what I was standing for came to the forefront and I became known for something really specific. And then I noticed that people were starting to invite me to be on their podcasts or on their summits or um, speak at their events. And then when I went to a, a conference or a, a business event or something like that, then I talked about my work and the people I was talking to, they wanted to sign up and they wanted to hear more about it. And, and so this whole messaging thing, I was like, wow, it really works. <laughs> and, and, and for a long time, like that was what I was still doing with people. I was working with them on, I was helping female entrepreneurs create meal plans for when they were in a launch period or, um, for like, if they were speaker, like creating the energy to bring to the stage or, or it kind of ended up evolving into uh, helping people burn out proof their business. So how do you integrate those habits into your business um, and your work week that, you know, that are actually taking care of you? Maybe it might be white space or it might be movement or the food you eat, whatever it is. And, and I was supporting entrepreneurs around um, anxiety and feeling like really just always on. And so I was doing that work for a long time and it still influences what I do now. But eventually this whole alignment thing came back into play and I realized that I love my message. It matters so much to me, but the actual work that I do isn't quite right. It isn't quite it. I was blocking clients from working with me. I didn't actually want to do that work anymore. And that's when I kind of had this realization that really had to be coaxed out of me by the coach I had at that moment. <laughs> um, I had to be given permission that the messaging was actually the thing that I was most passionate about all along. Just the idea of crafting this messaging and being able to connect with people through your words. And that's when I shifted into just full on, okay, I'm going to support I'm going to support entrepreneurs around messaging, especially people who are in that wellness space, who have like that strong need to make a difference, make an impact and, and really want to reach their people and connect with them, but are feeling like something's not quite landing. Like, like me at that, that one day event that I produced that I didn't get any clients out of, right? Like I wanted to help them reach their people. And so that's, I guess, in a, not really a nutshell because it's bigger than a nutshell, but <laughs> kind of the, the overall evolution of me getting to the work I'm doing today. It's, it's never just this straight shot. It's like, okay, like looking at, okay, this, this makes sense. Okay. I'm going to go in that direction. Okay. This unlocked something in this, you know, I, I found out a little bit more about myself and what lights me up. <laughs> oh my God. I literally had like goose pimples listening to you talk right now because 
It's so, so true. And I think what, you know, the old saying that to have a breakthrough, something needs to break. And that's Mm. one of the things that I've learned that when I come against the resistance, rather than seeing it as a negative thing, like that whole process was brought to you for a reason. Like the goodness is on the other side of that, but we have to lean in. And just by hearing your journey and the evolution is that you have lent into those opportunities and realized that it's never about you. It's about, okay, what can I take from this and what can I tweak and what can I kind of double down on? Right. Mm, Yeah, exactly. Oh, so good. So I know there's going to be a lot of people listening who are currently in that transition stage where they started their business doing one thing, but they're starting to see that there's traction for something else. They're feeling like what they're doing is incongruent with the impact that they want to serve and that they want to have for people. So how did you balance that in between? Because you started to become known for something and you wanted to tweak that. So how did you deal with that kind of in between stage <laughs> yes good question and because i feel like the in between stage is continually happening even within the last year i have been doing this exploration of okay um the end of last year i was feeling a little bit burnt out and i felt like I was blocking clients again and so it I knew that something wasn't quite right and and I had to kind of do a lot of work I guess to get back to a place of feeling excited and aligned and lit up about what I was doing and and so um I ended up starting to do things that excited me in my business so that I would be able to find what the next space was. So this was like an in-between space that was not even like, I can talk about that in a moment too, where you're okay, you're doing that transition, but I was in an in-between space of, I'm not sure what my transition is, but I I know there's something (laughs) And, and something's off. And so first I actually had to get to a point where I was more open and receptive to getting clarity because when you push really hard and when you're in a point of like breaking and burnout, it's really hard to get clarity and to know what your next step is because you're just done. So, so the first thing I had to do in that spot was really just to, to start chasing (laughs) the things that excited me. And so for me, it started being travel and it started being, okay, what can I talk about in my business that really excites me? And, and what can I kind of procrastinate on <laughs> or just like remove completely or delegate that is like really draining me right now because I just need to get to a place of excitement because my excitement's magnetic to other people too. And, and so for me, like that, that kind of in-between space can be one of the hardest parts of entrepreneurship and often one of the ones that's not talked about very often (laughs) is, is like the uninspired space. And, and what I ended up realizing once I got back into an energy where I actually could step into the next thing and honestly getting excited helped me figure out what the next thing was. Um, What I realized is that that this time it was my messaging 
that wasn't exciting me, that I had been too smart and strategic about what I was saying, that what I actually needed to do was shift and tap into something that excited me more. So I was really big into this idea of that we, um, as business owners, and I especially, I like, I love talking to coaches especially, but it's just as, as women business owners that we, um, when we talk about what we do, being able to talk about it in a way that other people get and being able to talk about the problem we solve and not just about the tools we use to solve it and all these different things. But it was very intellectual and my heart, like there didn't feel like there was a lot of heart in it. And I craved needing that heart. And so kind of the pivot that I've been doing over the last uh, nine months has been pivoting how I'm talking about my work and adding the heart back in so that I feel excited and so that like I'm lit up about it and I have the fire behind what I'm doing. And so I had to do a lot of exploration around, all right, well, what does light me up to say right now? (laughs) What do I want to talk about? And, (laughs) and, and then starting to talk about that stuff and seeing what's really resonating with people and moving in that direction. And and so I, I've almost circled back to what I was originally talking about, but this time there's a lot more soul behind it. I've infused into it um, elements where like really talking about your core messaging, talking about like how you're saying everything in your business, how you're connecting with your people, how you're helping them to care about what you're doing and, and of course, also how you're talking about why your work is worth paying for, but there's like this much deeper level to what I'm saying now. So getting to what you were originally asking about, like that transition point in that in-between space. So for me, I love doing podcast interviews. I have my own podcast. And so when things evolve, it's like the things I'm saying on my podcast shift and on interviews they shift and then it's like the there's this lag time of overlapping where some people are still seeing what i used to talk about and then some people are seeing now what i'm talking about and then yes. maybe on an interview i'm talking about something from the past or like something that like i used to talk so it, so there's like this whole overlapping piece um but I don't think that that's a bad thing. <laughs> I don't think it's a bad thing too. And I think it's actually really beautiful. Like when I look back at where my business was three and a half years ago to where I am now, I can see like, it's like looking back at your own journey, right? You can see like where your head was at at that specific time. And you can really kind of see that journey. And oh, so much of what you're talking about really resonates with me because I've been going through well, I went through a similar stage in my business and it's exactly what you were talking about. Really going back to like, what is your why? What is it? Why do you wake up every day wanting to do what, what you want to do? And at the time I, I, I read Simon Sinek's book, Start With Why. And one of the biggest takeaways that I found was when he, when he, that whole section, when he's talking about moving away from focusing on features and 
moving into transformations. And it's that whole marketing adage, right? Nobody likes to be sold to, but everybody loves to buy. People are willing to spend on something that, or somebody that solves their problems. So going back to what lights me up, what impact do I want to give, and what is the transformation that I can give to my clients, and focusing on that messaging from a state of transformation as opposed to kind of, yeah, so I can do this and this and this and focusing on those features. And it's become one of the biggest things that I work with with my clients. And so much of my journey in everything that you were talking about was, I think it's about giving ourselves permission to change and evolve. Yes, and that's so so fascinating and beautiful. It's just your story of of needing to put yourself in it and then noticing that the places that you did put yourself in, that's where the response came from. That's where the actual clients and the people like feeling that trust and that feeling like they knew you and wanting to work with you, that that's where it came from. That's, that's such a beautiful example of this power of you as a personal brand and all of us as personal brands that um, if we are our business, then the more we can connect with our people, the more we can use that messaging, the what we're saying, what we're sharing with people, how we're showing up to create that connection to help them see that we know them, we know what they're going through, the more powerful it will be. Because I like one of the things you were saying that you were saying um, around that well, well, I guess the way I say it, because <laughs> this is definitely a huge thing I support clients on is with as well. So we are speaking the same language here is um, I call it the tool to problem pivot that so often business owners are leading with um, the process that they take people through or the types of things they do with people, the tools that they use to support them versus like the problem they're actually solving for them. And, and so that, that's, like, I love that you hit on that because that that's a huge thing. It's probably the first step <laughs> that I take with people. It's definitely the first module in my group program <laughs> because it's like almost a, a it has it's a pivot that we need to take before we can really be able to connect with people because the place we're going to connect with our people from is by showing that we deeply understand where they're at right now. And in order to do that, you have to be able to get in their head, take off your expert hat and kind of be in their shoes and see what the problem is that they're experiencing from their perspective. Like, what do they feel like is going on? Because it doesn't really matter what you see is going on. It doesn't really matter what process you're going to take them through to solve it. It just matters what they're feeling and what they are, like the struggle that they're in that from their perspective. And I guess it's also about understanding what is the real transformation that they're looking for. Um, Because very often I think it's like people always like, oh, so that, you know, you can make this amount of money or do all of this. But it's about like, what, what is the real reason? Is it actually because they want Yeah. Why does that matter? Is it because they want to be able to work less and spend more time with their families? Is it because they want to actually spend some of the year traveling and not sitting down to a desk? So it's, um, Melissa Fair says this, she's a business coach and it's stuck with me and I always walk my client through it. It's this, 
whenever you're thinking about a feature, always ask so that they can. Like, what is the so that they can? Yeah. Okay, more income so that they can. So it just reframes your messaging so that you're focusing on the transformation rather than the features. So I guess that's a really great segue to kind of, I'd love for you to walk me through some of the steps that you walk your client through for your group coaching program um, in really kind of niching down on their message. So getting clear on their message first, and then later we can kind of go into how they can take that and start using that in their marketing material. So what would be step one? <sighs> yes. So, so when I think of your overall messaging, it's kind of like, <laughs> it always confuses people a little bit because I think of messaging as being this overall picture of everything you're saying. And then you've got your core message, which is the, the thing you take a stand for. So if you did a Ted talk, what it would it be about? And, and so when, when I'm starting to work with a client or in my group program, um, on kind of getting down to the core of their messaging, then um, yeah, the first step is niche. It is what, what problem are you solving for people and who are these people and really tapping into like the beginnings of everything is really knowing deeply your people and what they're thinking about. Like you said, what's the transformation they want. So if you could, if they could wave a magic wand and change their life, like what would they change? Like what, what would it look like? Um, like really tapping into how are they feeling about this? And, and so th that really is the first step because if you're running a business, you're doing it in service of other people. So knowing them deeply and being able to connect with them is step number one. <laughs> and so, and like, like I mentioned before, a lot of times what it is really hard, especially if you're really talented to, to step into who your people are and like be able to see it from their perspective and not yours. What if I told you that I have a group of like-minded women to connect you with who are at a similar stage of business, but with different strengths and challenges. Women who are ambitious and ready to do the hard work like you, who you could crowdsource your ideas with and get constructive feedback in a safe, confidential space. What if I told you that you could tap into this group, not only for support and accountability, but for insights into the strategies that are working and in real time? That's what the TLE Accountability Circle is all about. It's a monthly membership community for entrepreneurs who want to learn from like-minded founders and be held accountable for taking steps to realize their goals. Take your business and impact to the next level and transform your mindset in this amazing group. Apply today via the link in our show notes. Because when we like, so, <laughs> so say, say you're at a networking event and you start talking to someone and you know, they're an ideal client and you can tell it and you know exactly what you would do with them. Once you start working together, you can see what's going on on below the surface, but they don't know that. And if you use the words that you would use, it's not really going to connect with them. So it's really being able to look at it from their eyes rather than yours. And, and a really fabulous tool to do that is to like actually physically put your hand on your head 
and take off your expert hat and set it to the side <laughs> so that you can actually be um, kind of maybe even physically stepping forward into their shoes and closing your eyes and just opening them back up and looking as if you're looking out from their eyes at their life. Like they're waking up in the morning. What are they thinking? They're going to bed at night. What are they feeling? Like, what are they sitting in? What are they worried about? What are they frustrated about? What do they have a lot of emotion around that they want to shift? So really tapping to that is the first step. And I call that getting niched. <laughs> so it's a different angle than, okay, my niche is that I help people with um, uh, digestive disorders or that I help people with social media or like it's, it's a much different angle that's a lot more connected to your people. And how are you then linking that to actually making a viable business business model? Because one of the biggest things that I often hear is like, I want to work with like startups or people that have just started their business. So I want to work with this certain group and then I want to do a, t- a high ticket offer. And so often you can't think about who your ideal client is in a vacuum away from the numbers. So how do you work with your clients to marry the two? Yes. So, so one of the big things is not creating, like you said, not creating in a vacuum that, that everything that you're putting out into the world that you are wanting to get known for, or wanting to, to pull in your people, call in your, your ideal clients, all those different things that you're actually testing them, that you're actually getting out there and having conversations. So in my group program and in work with private clients, um, one of the first things that we do is have conversations with real people (laughs) who are your ideal clients, um, who you probably haven't worked with before, but you know them, they're in your community, in your world. um, And, and kind of asking them what they're struggling with, what's going on for them. Um, And when it comes down to it, if something is painful, if something is, if you are connecting with something that is really urgent for them and something that really matters to them and they're a level 10 on wanting to make this change, then when something is strong enough and important enough to you, you pay the money for it. I guess once you've kind of got crystal clear about who your ideal client is, how, what are some of the steps then that you can start to use to create your, your marketing copy and the things that you're really going to narrow in on? Because there are, you know, we are all unique in our own ways and there are so many different limbs that any of us could talk about in terms of our messaging that enables us to connect with our ideal clients. But how do we pick those key things? Because if you look at some of the best speakers out there, look at, for example, like a Brene Brown, if you have stalked her like I have, you start to notice that the, 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 the limbs and the stories and the anecdotes that she uses are the same. Same with Tony Robbins. Anyone that follows Tony Robbins will see there's those key things that he continues um, to, to share and emphasize. How do we distinct, establish what those things are? So when we're talking about getting known for something. So if you're talking, thinking of Brene Brown or Tony Robbins, um, or I would say, especially Brene Brown, um, the, 
that really, I feel like the first step there when I'm working with people is, is getting clear on your core message because everything ties back to that. So when I'm saying your core message, I mean like the big idea you want to be known for. And because, so, so you say you have, you have this niche established, you have, okay, these are the people I'm supporting. This is the problem I'm solving. This is the transformation I get for them. Okay. That's the work you're doing. Right. But when you're actually getting known for something and you're getting out there in the world and marketing and sharing things, you want there to be one thing that you're known for, right? (laughs) So that it's clear, so that it's easy for people to spread the word about you. And and so that's when it comes back to that kind of that, that fire piece, the thing that I've been trying to, um, re-evolve and tap into this past year and, and step into, okay, what right now is like lighting me up. And so that's where, what I have my people do. And this is, um, part of one of the exercises in the upcoming coming challenge I have, um, that I know we'll share about later, but this it's getting clear on what do you take a stand for? And so, I will have clients if they're not quite sure what it is. Often when people come to me, they already know what it is that they're like, that they take a stand for in their industry, like what their core message is, what they want to shout from the rooftops, you know, what they would do their Ted talk on. But if you don't know that yet, or if you're kind of like, okay, I have many different things. It can be as simple as setting a timer for five minutes and doing an opinion brain dump. Like what are all the opinions I have about my industry? And then afterwards, going back through the list and then circling the one that just like you have a lot of charge around. You look, you look at the words on the paper and you're like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Even if it's scary to think about putting it out there. And and so and so that's kind of like tapping into what that core message is. So as an example, um, let's see. So as an example, one of um one of my clients had, um, I'm trying to pick one that would be a good example. <laughs> well, okay. Here's, here's, here's a core message that I have had in the past. So there can be things like that you take a stand for that are, um, fat positivity instead of fitting back in your skinny jeans, um, can be something like, um, message before marketing is one that I've talked about a lot. Um, so essentially in order to really leverage everything you're saying in the world and like all the effort you're putting into your business, first start with getting clear on your messaging before you put out their marketing. So that's, that's a core message that I've had a lot. Um, it can be that there's no one specific way of eating for everybody, or it can be, um, to create connection with, this is where that, so that also comes in <laughs> Yes. in order to have a core message, there has to be a, so that, right. So, um, in order to, to, I feel like I'm making things up on the spot now, but in order to scale your business, <laughs> um, and, and really reach the people that you're meant to serve so that you can have the impact you want to make, um, then do this first, or then, 
like this is what you need to do or like kind of fitting into that um that stuff becomes your core message so for Brene Brown like all of this talk around vulnerability and the power in it and and so like so much of her what she talks about is is kind of going deeper into that or going doing different angles of that or um like daring greatly like there's there's these she talks about like kind of the vulnerable aspects of all of these things or when the dark pieces or you know so so but it's all has this bigger message it all fits within this um this idea right when we think of Brene Brown we think of some really specific ideas so how do you kind of take that next tier down so you have this big idea so for example like rising tide society they have their community over competition it's now one of the biggest hashtags you know that's their big idea but then i guess especially when it's a personal brand you know a service-based professional it's equally important to create those touch points those kind of smaller brand stories i tend to call them with my clients that people know about you when you're starting to put yourself out there on social media and marketing and different things and you want to like we talked about in the beginning be able to share you and be able to be really personal with people it's this idea of like okay what are those personal pieces that you share that then become part of your personal brand and you don't share every possible little aspect or else it is like a really cluttered right so so figuring out what are the core elements of you that you feel like really lend themselves to the brand and and who you want to show up as um mean like not really who you want to show up as because you're showing up as you I actually just did a podcast episode around this like how do you show up authentically online um, as a personal brand. And, and so I tend to sometimes have a little bit of a different slant on this, I guess, because I just want to be me and I want to share the things that feel really exciting and relevant to me at each moment. But that being said, I have noticed that I have very specific categories of things that I share. And I have thought about this a lot. So for me, I am sharing the dog bomb thing because it's a huge part of my life. I am, I, I'm a Dobie mom. I have a Doberman named Lexi. <laughs> and so she actually gets in my bio. She like, I talk like the last line of my bio, I talk about how I love hiking with her and stuff. Um, so she's, she actually gets to be a part of my brand because she influences my lifestyle. So on my Instagram stories, you'll occasionally see pictures of her um, and her playing or different things. I have her on some of my Instagram posts. Um, so she gets woven in a little bit because I feel like she's part of my identity. So some, um, you know, a lot of women business owners are moms. Um, I don't have any human children of my own. So she is my kid. And so that's a connection point that I have with different people who are my listeners who are also dog moms or have a dog or, or it maybe it just, it just humanizes me and it's, and it's a point of connection. Um, and I, another one that I use is travel. Travel is a really big part of what I do. And it's one of the reasons I'm in business because I love the flexibility of being able to go places and take my work with me if I need to. Um, and so I've kind of had this agreement with myself <laughs> based on how I feel, like if I feel good, then I do it. But, um, that each year I'm doing 
like some big trips and then some smaller trips. And so that's something that I will mention in my newsletter or on my podcast. Um, I'll talk about, but I also talk about it within the lens of my business because a lot of what I'm talking about is the fact, like a lot of my core message lately is around that your messaging is what allows you to connect with people and call in your clients, even when you're not there, even when you're not working. So so when I'm talking about, okay, I went, I just went to Malta um, or I just did a backpacking trip or whatever it is. And then I'm saying, and while I was gone, I had um, two people book clarity calls with me to talk about what it would look like to work together. But I didn't have to do any, like I didn't, I wasn't at a networking event talking to someone. It was my messaging that was working for me. So I get to kind of weave that into my overall, like how I'm talking about my work, but it's still a core personality piece of my brand that travel and exploring and having new experiences is really important to me. I love so, so that's that. an example. That's <laughs> such a great example because it links back to one of the transformations that your cl- some of your clients are looking for. They're looking for maybe time and physical freedom, you know, so that they can run their businesses on the go and have, like you said, their messaging do the work for you. Um, so I love that, that they're, and I think that's a really great way to, to, dis- to distinguish which kind of brand values or brand stories you want to focus on is that how is it, how are you infusing you, but in a way that still kind of wraps around to your client and the transformations that let, they're looking to get in their business. Right. Right. And then if you have stuff like that, then luck, likely you are drawing people in who have those same things that they're, they're seeking, like that, um, they're like, like, likely my listeners are people who are getting pulled in and connecting with me have this value of wanting to have that freedom and exploration and not feel tied down in their business. And yeah, exactly. They're aspiring to, okay, wow, that, that's what I want to. And, and, and one of the other things that, that I'm, that feels like a thread that under runs underneath that a lot of what I'm saying is this idea of normalizing rather than stigmatizing. So, so maybe that's sort of similar to Jenna Kuchar's um, body positivity message that she shares a lot. Um, for me, body positivity is definitely like a huge point for me. That's like, I'm really passionate about, but um, a lot of times when I'm sharing different things, I'm talking, I have this underlying thread of how can we share more of the realness in business? How can we feel like we're normal? Like there's nothing wrong with us when something goes wrong or when we don't feel good or when we, you know, compare ourselves to other women and we're like, oh my God, I'm a bad person because a community over competition, you know, (laughs) Um, how can we like kind of normalize and and just feel like it's okay to show up as you are. Um, that's like a thread that runs underneath a lot of what I'm talking about. But it's not my core message in my business. But it's it's part of how I want people to feel. Yes. And it's part of something that I really care about. But then that always gets tied back to the bigger thing of, okay, how are you showing up as your brand? Because I'm talking about people and their brand and their messaging. So it is connected. Yeah, I love that. So you kind of have this big idea and then you have these kind of supporting ideas that allow you to kind of seep into your messaging. Love that. Um, 
it's a really great segue into um, something I wanted to talk to you about, because I think one of the things that made me really resonate with your work so much is that you really do focus on, you know, how we can all live healthier lifestyles as entrepreneurs. I think there's been such a glorification on this, you know, hustle, 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 push, push, push type mentality. Um, so your approach just really kind of spoke to me. So do you have any tips? What would you say to somebody listening who feels like they are in that kind of grit and hustle phase um, about how they can do that a little bit more compassionately? (laughs) Yeah, because that's the thing is, and I, oh my gosh, (laughs) the reason that I have that this has been a kind of an underpinning core value of mine for the whole time I've been in business is because it's been a struggle of mine. And, and so, you know, that we, we help people with what we need to learn ourselves. It's been a huge journey for me because when you are in the hustle and when you are feeling like you need to push really hard, that is the exact time that you are setting yourself up for burnout. And at the same time, it also feels like you can't stop. And so one of the things that, um, that has been really important for me is to first step back and think about what are the actual important things I need to do right now? Because often when we get into this mindset of like, okay, I, I need to do this and this and this, and okay, this has to happen. It feels life or death. Yeah. But when you step back and think about, okay, what are the things that are actually going to affect the income and the agreements that you've made with clients or with partners or whatever it is, like, like what are the things that have to happen and that are really, truly important? Like those are what I need to focus on first and, and realizing that there are seasons in our business. And so let yourself be in the season that you're in right now and not try to be in three seasons at once. So meaning like if you want to write a book and you want to do a bunch of interviews and you want to be growing your business and you're in the scaling, the, the, the foundational beginning phase, launching phase, like maybe there's just one thing that happens right now, like one focus and it's okay. And you can put the other things off to the next season. Like, I feel like that's the first step in taking care of yourself is like giving yourself permission to kind of procrastinate some of the other things and to not feel bad about it. Because when you have such high standards for yourself, like it's really hard to do all the things well and to take care of yourself and usually taking care of yourself is the part that falls to the wayside (laughs) it is so so true and it's funny I was talking to somebody about this on another podcast recently that I would always hear on podcasts with entrepreneurs I really admire they would always say that the the less they worked the more they made and I'm all I was always like oh god like Yeah, of course I would say that, you know, Um, just never really understood it. And as you know, I'm going into a new season of my business and now I feel really, really proud of the team that I've built. I'm realizing that it's so, so true. Before my mum and I were talking about this, she was laughing at me. She's like, God, you remember those days when your to-do list used to be like two pages long every day? And it was a bit like a running joke because I would always feel like I had to do all the things. Everything was urgent. And it's been such a beautiful process as I've kind of built my team is that 
I am now working in my zone of genius and I'm so confident and I, they're like killing their roles. I don't even have to have that brain space anymore to even think like, oh, was, was that done? Or do I need to check on Because I know that they've kind of owned it. So it's enabling me to kind of step into this CEO role and really focus on the areas that I give the biggest contribution to my business. Um, and then, yeah, just really kind of narrow down on those kind of revenue generating activities. So now it's completely different. I focus on two things every day. Like what are the two, I look at my quarterly goals. I'm a 90 day girl. Um, and I look when I'm making my to-do list, like what are the two things that I can do today that really move the needle to those big objectives that I have for the quarter. And I make a list of those two things and it's never things like action items, like email this person. It's like what needs to be completed that I have control of. Um, and that's how I judge um, a good day. So sometimes I've done those things by 2 p.m. And I've had to teach myself that just because I've done it, it doesn't mean I have to like get ahead on tomorrow's, on tomorrow's <laughs> it's like it's okay. Actually, I can now go for a run and have my headphones in and listen to a podcast or an audio book. And I'm spending a lot more time now actually focusing on fleshing out my ideas, um, educating myself, like doing, having that white space to have, to come up with ideas get sleep, take care of my body, go from my head and into my body. So I'm able to show up every day as I should be like truly showing up for my business with the energy level that it, that it deserves. But it's only through taking that step back that I've been able to, to do that. So, and I always say like, I know it's so hard to be able to distinguish like what are the key things that you need to be thinking about, but I heard it from somebody else. I can't remember, but um, he said it was three things that you need to focus on in your business. Number one is how many, who are the people that are in your pipeline? Like how many people do you currently have ongoing sales conversations with? Um, what's in your diary? Like what's coming up? And how much, what's your cash position? Those are the three things. And when he said that, it was, it was one of those things, again, it just feels so simple, but it's like, yes, as a founder, especially in those early days, cash is king. Like that is your top priority. So even with emails, I, I, when I'm answering emails, it's not about, you know, going chronologically. It's like clients first. How am I making sure that they're held? Um, and that I'm actually focusing on the things that move the needle rather than responding to other people's needs all the time. Um, so those are some of the things that I've done. Have you got any kind of rituals or routines that in the way that you organize your day that has enabled you to have energy for yourself so that you can kind of give that back to your business and just be more productive? Yeah. Yeah. Because honestly, the like one thing that I know to be true is that I do naturally fill in all the gaps <laughs> that I will be adding things to the list. Like I love <laughs> that you've gotten to a point where you allow yourself to like, okay, I did the things that were, you know, I did my two things and I'm going to go. Her up. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That, I think that's fabulous. And, and so I, I, in my best self, I am at that place too. <laughs> and then, and then sometimes, um, especially, I guess, honestly, I'm during kind of like a launch, an extended launch period right now. So I, 
end up filling some of those gaps. But a lot of times I do give myself that permission that like, okay, I think that 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 is good and it's going to be fine. And if I hustle to do 5,000 things right now, is my business going to be better? Is my life going to be better? Probably not. So, so I kind of have to give myself that pep talk (laughs) repeatedly. Um, but I would say that for me, one of the things I know so well to be true over the last several years of being in business is I know what it feels like when burnout is coming. And I know I can tell when I have certain habits, they're going to end up leading to it. I can just feel it now at this point. So for me, the most important thing in my business is that I'm paying attention to my energy and that if I don't feel really awesome, um, that I give myself a little bit of slack that day and, or maybe I pause and I go do something else and then I come back because this isn't for everyone. But for me, I am someone who my issue is more about pushing too hard than it is about slacking off. So overachiever, (laughs) like what I need to do for myself is to just be tapped into how I'm feeling. And if on a Monday I need to go slower or if I need to make it a half day because I got the things, the most important things done. And maybe I had a couple secondary things on my list that really could be shifted to a further day in the week. Like, and I need to just stop and just be, then I do that. Like for me, it's really, it's really listening to my body and giving myself white space and not putting too much in each week when it doesn't need to be there. Like if it's in the middle, like the end of a launch and I'm running a challenge and my card is opening and like all this stuff, then yes, that's going to be like, that's going to be a time where there's a lot happening and I'm going to push and it's, and, but that's a finite period of time. Like on the in-between spaces, I'm allowed to listen to my body. I'm allowed to give myself white space and, and to go slower at things than I would normally do because this is my business right now. <laughs> like, like I'm in it. Like what, what point am I going to give myself permission? Exactly. Exactly. And that's the point you can end up, you always say when I hit this, when I do this and just the goalpost just moves and moves and moves. Um, I had the most amazing uh, moment the other day where I woke up in the morning and I was in a bit of a funk and I just, I'd set out on my list that today I was going to get ahead and I was going to schedule some upcoming newsletters. And I just wasn't feeling inspired to write at that given time. And it's funny, it's my boyfriend that always challenges me. He's like, Naomi, it's your business. Like, if you're not feeling like doing that today, <laughs> you don't have to do it. Like, you batch work. So it's not like, oh, if I don't, you know, schedule this newsletter, like you've already scheduled now, for, you're just getting ahead. So like, first of all, the stress is like self-imposed. And actually, like, what else could you do that can fill you up? So that when you are writing and you are being creative, you're doing it from a place of alignment rather than pushing. And it was like, it sounds so silly, but it was such a revelation to me. And so I just ended up having like a really chilled morning, reading things, listening to things that really like pump me up and fuel me. And literally within like two hours, I was like, yeah, ready to go. Completely had that um, I did dump, you know, because I just had that white space and I knew exactly what I wanted to talk about and it came to me, but it all started with me just giving myself permission to get into alignment first. 
Oh, oh my gosh. Yes. I love that. I love what you said <laughs> because when, like, I know for myself, um, when you're in that space of like feeling you have so much to do, it can feel like so hard and so wrong almost to yes. pause, but it's okay. Like, like, trust me, it does, it ends up calling in your people because then you're in that energy that is so much more open to receiving and so much more magnetic and you're more you, you're more relaxed. If you're in this like panic, frantic, uh, like graspy energy, you push people away, you push money away. And this is not just woo. This is like, like just the way you're showing up. If you've ever seen anyone or or had a conversation with someone who's in that space, like, you know, that you didn't really want to continue that conversation, let alone hire them. So, so it's really working for your business. It's really leveraging you in your business and your energy because you are your business. You are the, the, the top dog. And it's, and yeah, it's, I mean, it's the same thing with when I talk about your messaging that when you get all this messaging in place and you're clear and it's compelling and it's connecting with your people and it's getting you known for something, then it's working for you when you're not there. It's part of why, like, that's part of why I feel like it, what I do now is still so connected to this mission of really caring about um, women entrepreneurs not burning out and being able to achieve their missions and impact the world. Because if you're kind of getting some of those pieces in place that allow things to run for you and to work for you, and like you said, your team, then then you're giving yourself the ability to like leveraging all of that so you can breathe a little bit. And, oh. and things are happening and you can be in your most magnetic, um, energized, best space, living your life being lit up. So you are calling in your people. Amen. Oh. Delicious, delicious, delicious stuff. <laughs> um, I know that you have a really exciting challenge where people will be able to learn some of the things that we've been discussing. So when is it happening? What is the process? Can you give me all the information? Yes. So I'm doing a challenge coming up. It starts September 24th, 2018. It is five days to your unforgettable message. And this challenge is going to help you get clear on some of the things we've talked about today, help you kind of hone in on that niche, that message, that thing that lights you up and be able to tap in and communicate it. And just know that this is going to be kind of an experience that helps you pull some things to the surface in a powerful way. And the, you can sign up for that to join me at yourunforgettablemessage.com. It would be super fun to have some lifestyle edit listeners over um, in the challenge because I know challenges are some, like I've run, I think probably, I want to say five or six of them at this point. And they're kind of one of my favorite things to do in my business because they give me a people to play with. <laughs> And a space to play with them in, and um, and a and a safe container kind of to help people help women start to explore using their voice and taking that stand and and all of that goodness. Oh, Adria, you are the dream. Thank you so much for the work that you do. It's oh, it's just been so amazing being able to consume your content and just your approach to running a sustainable heart-centered business so thank you so much for sharing all of this on the show today 
Thank you. From from one podcast host to another, it's <laughs> such a pleasure. You have a fabulous energy and I had such a fun time. So that's it for this week's episode of the Lifestyle Edit podcast. You can download more episodes of this podcast and subscribe in Apple Podcasts or iTunes. If you enjoyed what you heard, we would love a review or recommendation. It's the number one way for us to share these stories and insights with as many creative female entrepreneurs as possible. And don't forget, all the information on how to join the TLE community is in the show notes or simply head to thelifestyleedit.com to sign up.